Hey, this is Derek Wooten. I'm lead pastor of Makers Church here in Cincinnati, Ohio, where our desire is to make disciples and make a difference. Thank you so much for joining us through our podcast. We pray this message speaks life and encouragement into you and what God is doing in your life. Hope you enjoy it. Man, I am thankful for God's word. Anybody thankful that it's a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path? Yes. Man, amen. I'm thankful for God's word. And today, hey, baby, how are you doing? I'm, you do, look, I'm doing man, great. How many of you guys know that I look better with her beside me up here? Come on. Oh, man, she makes me look so much better. I love you. Um, but, but, but we're thankful today. We have been talking about the vision God has given us for this year, that God told us that 2023 is a year to rise. Somebody shout, it's my year to rise. It's my year to rise. rise. We've been talking about what it means to rise. And I want to remind you, we got to do a little review so we keep remembering what God is saying. Acts 26, verse 16, Jesus is speaking to Paul. This is Paul telling his conversion story to King Agrippa in Acts 26. And he's reminding him of what Jesus said to him uh, earlier in the book of Acts. Acts 26, verse 16, Jesus speaks to Paul and he says, but rise. Somebody shout rise. Rise. He says, but rise and stand. Stand on your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose. How many of you guys know God does not show up on accident, but he always shows up on purpose? God speaks on purpose. But he said, I have appeared to you for this purpose, to make you a minister and a witness. How many of you guys know we are all ministers and witnesses of Jesus Christ in the earth? Not just people that are on a platform or a stage or have a title in front of their name. All of us, all of the disciples of Jesus, we are ministers and witnesses in the earth. He said to make you a minister and a witness, both of the things which you have seen. Is anybody thankful what you have seen in the Lord in your lifetime? Anybody thankful that you know how good God has already been? Come on, somebody. He said to the things which you have seen, I love this, and of the things which I will yet reveal to you. Does anybody know God's got greater in store? God's got more in store. Come on, tell your neighbor beside you, God's got greater for you. Tell them, God's got greater. God's got greater. God's got greater for you. And I love this text, church, because I believe, just like Jesus told Paul it was time to rise, that God is calling you and me and Maker's Church in 2023 to rise together. Do you remember what the word rise means? It means to come up, go up, to increase. Does anybody want to come up to where God has for them in 2023? Does anybody want to increase in every good thing in your life in 2023. If that's you, somebody shout, it's my year to rise. Come on, it's my year to rise. It's my year to rise. And so we see that Jesus comes in and he interrupts Paul's life and lets him know what's happening. And church, can I tell you that I believe just like he invited Paul to rise, that the Spirit of God is inviting us to rise into fresh and greater anointing, into fresh and greater assignments, into the greater plans and purposes he has for us as individuals individuals, but us together as the body called Maker's Church. He's got those things for us. And the Holy Spirit has made it clear to us that we are to rise intentionally by focusing on four specific things, four specific components. I told you, God gave me an acronym of how we are going to rise this year in Jesus. And go ahead and throw that acronym on the screen. That he said in 2023, we're going to prioritize reaching for next. How many of you guys know God has a next for you this year in Jesus' name? He has a next and a new. That next is not less. That next is more. But he said we must 
reach for next. I, we have to prioritize intimacy with God, that we must stay close and connected with Jesus in every part of our lives. S, that we must seek the lost. Jesus said in Luke 19, 10, I have come to seek and save that which is lost. How many of you guys know this year we are prioritizing going after the harvest like never before? We believe the Great Commission is not a suggestion, but a command from heaven that we must go and make disciples and make a difference in every place that we live our lives. If you believe that, somebody say amen. Can, listen, can you tell I got the joy of the Lord this morning? I'm excited to be with you. But listen, E, it says expect the supernatural. How many of you guys know we weren't called to live superficial lives? Listen, too much of the church has traded the supernatural for the superficial because the superficial is easy. And that's the spirit of religion where you can play church. But can I remind you, we are not a business, nor are we a dead body. But we are the living, breathing sons and daughters of God in the earth. And we can walk in supernatural authority and power. Signs and wonders should follow our lives. But we must expect to see the supernatural as we live our lives together in Jesus' name. So we're called to rise. Somebody shout rise. We are called to rise. And this whole month of February, we're going to be focusing on those four components, breaking them down, talking deeper, because I believe God is going to continue to reveal to us how these things must be embraced in every part of who we are. But I will tell you, we're not going to break them down in chronological order. So for those of you that like things in chronological order, take your chill pill now. Because <laughs> today we're not starting with R, today we're starting with I. We're starting with I, intimacy with God. Intimacy with God. And Pastor Melissa and I were tag teaming today because the Lord just spoke to us to do something different. How many of you guys are okay with us doing things different? Listen, if you've been made different, why don't you go ahead and be different? Go ahead and be different. But I, I want us to start right here as we're focusing on intimacy with God. And I want to start with saying this as we get going today and throughout the rest of this year, church. There must be a revival and a restoration of intimacy with God in the body of Christ. There must be a revival and a restoration of intimacy with God in the body of Christ. Can I tell you, it is wonderful to be informed about who God is. It's fantastic to be inspired to do the things that we do for God, but there is nothing like having intimacy with the Father. And I know this isn't popular, but can I tell you, it should be. It ought to be preached more. Because the truth is, is we were designed to have intimate relationship with God and intimate relationship with each other. Look to your neighbor and go ahead and practice. Tell him, I love you. Go ahead and say it. I love you. And smile while you say it too. Help them out. And if you're joining us online this morning, we're glad that you're here at Maker's Church. We're talking about being intimate with the Lord. So we must believe and desire revival and restoration of intimacy with God. Now, what is intimacy? Let's remind us for a minute. What is intimacy? It is closeness and connection. Closeness and connectedness. How many of you guys know that we should have intimacy with the Lord? A lot of us know it, but a lot of us don't practice it anymore. A lot of us understand that we should have intimacy with God. 
We should be close and connected, but we don't practice those things on a consistent basis the way that we could. Let me go ahead and say this because I believe God has given us kingdom assignments. He has given us anointings to do things. Doing things for God is wonderful, but being with God must come first. Doing things for God is wonderful. How many of you guys like doing things for the kingdom of God in the earth? I like being effective. I like doing things that bear fruit. But being with God has got to come first. Being with God has got to come first. I've said this and I'm gonna keep saying it. So many believers have identity issues because they have intimacy issues. So many people of God have identity, spiritual identity issues because they have intimacy issues. This is why we're talking about the I before we get into the R. Let me tell you why, church. We cannot correctly reach for what's next without correctly connecting to God first. I need you to breathe that in this morning on the early service. We cannot correctly reach for what's next without correctly connecting to God first. So let's talk about this spiritual truth of intimacy for a minute. I believe that intimacy should be being talked about more and preached everywhere in our Western culture. Would you like to know why? You might as well say yes, you're here now. Because the church with the capital C in the West has largely traded intimacy for image. Oh, it's gonna get deeper than this. The church in the West has largely traded intimacy for image. Over the last several decades, if you've been a believer, you can see what I'm about to say. The church has at large has traded the significance of being with God for brand marketability. Look at your neighbor and say, it's getting deep. The church at large has traded being the significance of being with God for brand marketability and something detrimental has happened as a result. Churches started to become venues for entertainment instead of altars for encounter. Churches started to become venues to be entertained. How many of you guys know nowhere in God's word does it say, God, entertain me, God, entertain me. He says, no, seek me, seek me, encounter me, encounter me, encounter me, be with me. And so what we see, if we go deep on this, and you say, well, pastor, when did that start? Can I tell you the reality is it didn't even start in the pew. It started in the pulpit. And it may have gotten to the seat, but it actually started on the stage. How do you know? Because pastors and kingdom leaders in the world stopped pursuing God during the week and started performing on Sundays. They stopped pursuing God and they started performing on Sundays. And the next thing you know what's happened, we've got famous, fruit, uh, fam famous preachers instead of fruitful churches. Come on, somebody help me in this room. All of a sudden what happened is when we traded intimacy for image and we sat down being with God for brand marketability, all of a sudden we've got famous church celebrities and we've got dead dry churches everywhere. How many of you guys know Jesus did not die for a dead, dry church? 
Jesus died so we could be the living, breathing body of Christ in the earth that literally tears down everything that exalts itself against God so we can walk in the fullness of who he is and see the culture of heaven come to the earth. And so we need to see something while we're talking about intimacy this morning. And I promise he's going to be sweeter than me. Don't you worry. Hang in there. Hang in there. All of a sudden, we started prioritizing large crowds of people. But the cloud of God's glory was nowhere to be found. We say, we want more people, but what about God's presence? What about God's presence? And listen to me. There are now multiple generations of sons and daughters that are in this earth that don't know what they believe or why they believe it. And they are convinced that doing for God is more significant than being with God. Young people, let me go ahead and break it off of you now. Being with God is more important than anything you'll ever do for the Lord. Because listen to me, when you get to heaven, there's nothing left to do. You're just going to have to be with the Lord. And some of us, all because we just want to be doers all the time. Listen, I believe in doing great things. God has anointed us to do great things. But you should not do so many great things that you stop being in God's presence. And so we have to see something, church, of these things that have happened and taken place in the world, in the Western church, of what we've seen is that we have to recognize that if we have been made different, can I just declare over this house today that in Jesus' name that we will rise in a revival and restoration of intimacy with God this year in Jesus' name. Come on, if you believe that, somebody say amen that we will rise this year with a revival and restoration of intimacy with God. We will prioritize staying close and connected with Jesus in every part of our lives. I declare even this morning that Philippians 3.10 will be the desire of our heart where Paul said, I continually long to know the wonders of Jesus more fully and to experience the overflowing power of his resurrection working in me. If that's your heart's desire, I need somebody to give Jesus praise in this room this morning to know him to long to be with him and know the power of his resurrection Jesus showed us so much about this in the gospels let me start right here I got a few verses and then I'm gonna tag pastor Melissa in Mark 12 29 and 30 Jesus answered the most important thing of all the commandments is this the Lord Yahweh our God is one. Notice this, because to me this sounds like intimate love. You are to love the Lord Yahweh your God with every passion of your heart, with all the energy of your being, with every thought that is within you, and with all your strength. That's the kind of intimate relationship Jesus said we should have with the Father. But listen, I go further. What did Jesus say in Matthew 6, 6? He said, but you, when you pray, not if you pray, when you pray, go into your room and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the busy place. Who's in the secret place. In the se How many of you guys know God is in the secret place waiting on you daily? 
Oh, he's waiting to spend time with you because he loves to be intimate with you. I'll go ahead and let you in a secret. Say, Pastor, how can I do an intimacy test in my heart? Let's find out. If the secret place has become a deserted place, you're not intimate with God. If the secret place has become a deserted place, you're not walking in consistent intimacy with God. Finally, this story, and I love it so much. Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. As Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha, somebody shout Martha, welcomed him into her home. Thank you, Martha. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted. Somebody say distracted. Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. Boy, I hope that dinner was like brisket and come on somebody, some macaroni and cheese. If it was just bread, I'd have been frustrated. <laughs> Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. You ever done that? Jesus, tell them to stop that. Jesus, tell them to get their act. You ever done that? You ever try to tell on somebody to Jesus like that? Look what he says. But the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, Jesus is so loving. Thank you, Jesus. You are worried and upset over all these details. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken from her. Now, I need you to see this before we go any further. Martha was concerned with doing. Mary was concerned with being. Martha was concerned with doing, Mary was concerned with being. Martha was focused on doing something for Jesus while Mary was focused on just being with Jesus. And listen, church, Jesus, he really didn't correct Martha for doing because she was actually doing a good thing. But what he did is he brought clarity to something that she was missing. She was missing intimacy. She was missing the revelation and understanding of just being with Jesus. And Maker's Church, listen, God has ordained us to rise this year in Jesus' name. If you believe it, say amen. He's ordained us to rise, and he has called us to reach for next. But if we want to truly reach and receive what's next in our lives with God, it's only going to come through intimacy with God. To reach for what's next correctly, it's going to be birthed out of intimacy with God. And as I tag, come on, give me, we're, in the, we're WWE. Come on, girl, let's go. As I tag PM in this morning, I need you to see this. Prioritizing intimacy. Prioritizing intimacy will allow you to do three things. Somebody shout three. Allow you to do three things that God designed us to do. You ready? Rest, replenish, and reach. Rest, replenish, and reach. Amen. Go for it, girl. Amen. Let's tag again just for fun. All right. Rest. Before and as I rise, we all have said, I want to rise. I hear you calling me to rise, Lord. It matters what we're connected to. It matters what we're being filled with through this process. It matters what direction we're pointed in. Right. So let's talk about uh, another four-letter R word. Okay. Rest. Everybody say rest. rest. That's right, church. Don't fall asleep on me. He, I get the calm things. He's up, man, that was some good preaching, by the way. Man, it's so true. It's so true. 
So rest, in the very beginning, God set a pattern for us in Genesis 2. You can see it. You know it. On the seventh day, God rested. And rest is a very important part of our spiritual journey. To rest is to refresh oneself or recover strength. And the Bible talks a lot about this. And in this year of 2023, we are going to look at, again, Psalm 23. And we're going to glean from this, this text just how important, how necessary it is for each of us to rest. So I know you know it, but let's read uh, Psalm 23, 1 through 3 together. It says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. We'll stop there. The Lord is whose shepherd? My shepherd. My shepherd. Everybody say, my shepherd. my shepherd. It's personal. Not just yours, not just mine. My shepherd. And he makes me what? Lie down. Everybody lie down. Just kidding. Don't do that. But he makes us lie down. It's funny, when, when we're told to lie down, take a nap, take a rest, most of us are probably like, I'm good with that, here I go, thank you, for, thank you for that instruction. But when it comes to our inner man, when it comes to our soul, that's a different story, isn't it? All right, so he leads me beside what? Still waters. Not a lot going on at still waters. Picture it in your mind. Just go ahead and go there. Minimal activity, minimal movement, not a lot of noise. In fact, the amplified version of this verse says, he leads me beside still and quiet waters. Sounds nice, doesn't it? Sounds really nice. Rest is a good godly and necessary practice in our lives. And it's very countercultural to what we're living in today. But for those of us that call ourselves kingdom citizens, everybody look at your neighbor and say, that's you. Yeah, it is, it's me. It's necessary. It's part of how we must operate as, as kingdom citizens. So as you know, this past week, it was a busy one. It was full. It was awesome. It was powerful. I, I, I wasn't, I felt more filled up than empty. I don't know about you. But come Friday, we try to be intentional with family time and rest time. And that's what Fridays are for in our house. So after a very slow moving morning, uh, we got dressed and we headed off to the Newport Aquarium with our kids. And if you've never been, it's really a neat place to go. There are some neat people that work there, like Justin Kane. He's, he's with the toddlers right now. Bless him, Lord, give him strength. Um, but you go through all these different stations, these exhibits. They've got uh, the eels, which, bleh. and then you've got the stingrays, and you've got fresh water and salt water, and the seahorses are Boy, amazing. Time out, time out, bro. I love the seahorses. Can I get a witness from somebody? Come on. Those Have are, you seen the dwarf seahorses? The, oh my They're gosh. like this big. It's amazing. Okay. I geeked out. Okay. And sorry. then the coolest thing was this white American crocodile. I mean, you're right up to it. It's amazing and terrifying all at the same time, but it's, it's just neat. So we're, we're going through all of these things. We're working our way to one of the touch tanks where it's set up for people to come and you get to, this one in particular was for smaller um, sea creatures. So like starfish and sea urchins and all that. 
So the boys, Derek and Brennan had moved on, but Maddie stayed because she was determined to touch every single creature in the pond or little lake. So as her arms and shirt is drenched in dripping water, that's fine. I was standing there holding the coats and listening to what the guide was saying and lots of interesting things. But at one point, he just gave instruction. He said, everybody, you can see uh, these creatures here in the middle of the pond. Go ahead and you can touch them and experience that. But you'll notice that there are several starfish on the back wall. Leave those alone. Don't try to reach for those. They're taking a break. And I was like, huh, that, that struck my curiosity. So I spoke up and I said, did you put them on break? Like, are you keeping the clock for these starfish? And he said, no, they put themselves on break. He said, when they get tired of being touched and they get tired of all the action, they just move to the back of the tank and, and sit on this wall. And I was like, how smart are those starfish? I had no idea how smart starfish were. They knew when they hit their max, they go rest. They knew when they hit that limit, they've reached their limit, that they're going to move to a quiet place. Even the starfish get it. An empty well cannot bring forth fresh water, right? A worn out tire tread is not going to work when you need it to because it's worn out. Weak muscles will eventually give way under pressure. And a tired, weary soul if it does not find this rhythm of rest in these places of being replenished, it ends up breaking down, shutting down, burning out, and giving up. Lord, may we learn the importance of rest. I'm so thankful. It, it just makes my heart swell with gratitude that this is what God is speaking over this church body this year. That he's giving us this time and this instruction to be intimate with him, to draw close. I don't want to rise without him. I don't, I don't want to build an empire, but the foundation be, be broken. I don't want to build a family, but it not be connected to the one, the firm foundation. So God is good to us. I believe it's, a, it's quality over quantity, right? Let's start there. There is increase coming, but let's get our foundation right. Let's learn how to trust him and rest in him. So Jesus rested. He, our example, he showed us not just what to do, but he showed us how to do it. We, we really believe there is a simplicity to intimacy with the Father. There is a simplicity to intimacy with the Father. It's not hard. It is not beyond any single person in this room, whether you are the most seasoned saint or the newest, youngest disciple. I believe that Jesus showed us the way, and, and he showed us how to crack the code to really have intimacy with the Father. Do you want to know what it is? <laughs> yeah? Okay. Get excited. All right. Yes. There we go. Yeah. Thank you. You're my hype man. Okay. Luke 5, 16, this is what it says. Jesus often withdrew to a lonely place and prayed. That's it. Well, that's not very deep, Pastor Melissa. Well, it's not supposed to be deep. It's supposed to be simple. Jesus, our example, the standard. Remember, he's our standard, the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus often, meaning many times, it was part of his normal routine. It was his lifestyle. Jesus habitually withdrew. So if you stop and think, what are normal routine things in our lives, right? 
You go to work. You go to school. You, you go to the gym. You spend time with family, friends. You do laundry. Some of us do laundry. And I wasn't planning on doing that. I'm sorry. You know what, though? His shoes are shiny. His shoes are shiny. If we ever need shoes clean in the Wooten house. You guys know how we tried this whole tag team thing preaching today? <laughs> May never happen again. <laughs> oh, yes, it will. Okay. Um, I don't even know where I am. Okay. What is routine? It's good to stop and say, hey, what's routine in my life? And then we need to say, whatever our example and our standard, that is Jesus, what he had normal in his routine is something we should pay attention to and make part of ours. Amen? So it's, it's very easy to get excited about the miracles. It gets it get excited about the public displays of power. But these things will not happen without the private moments of connection and communion with the Lord, with the Father. So Jesus often, what did he do? He often withdrew. That means he came away. He exited one place and went to another. Jesus often withdrew to lonely places. Does that mean he was sad and lonely? No. Lonely doesn't mean it's wrong or bad or isolated. It's solitude. And this is the place Jesus took himself to often. He had alone time. Everybody say alone time. time. Do you have alone time? Do you, do you, there are times that we need to be together. It's good. It's right. It's biblical. But alone times are just as important. Maybe you've done this already, but if you haven't, where could you designate a solitary place to be with the Lord? It really depends on your season of life, what's going on in your house. Some people are probably like, I have too much alone time. Some people are like, I can't get alone if my life depended on it. But alone time is a priority and it is a gift. And it is the example that Jesus set for us. So Jesus often withdrew to lonely places. And what did he do with his alone time? He scrolled Instagram. No, he prayed. He talked to the Father. He spent time. I'm sure that he worshiped. He listened. He shared his heart with the Father. Again, a thought. Who do you like to talk to? Think about it for a second. Who do you enjoy talking to? And why do you enjoy talking to that person? Is it because they're present and they're available? Is it because they're a good listener? That you feel like they're getting, they're understanding you? Well, God is all of those things. God is always present. He's always available. And he is the best listener. He's the best advice giver, peace speaker, way maker. You guys know it. He's the source of all good things. And Jesus withdrew to lonely places to pray. And, you know, I, I hear from a lot of people, well, I just can't hear the voice of God. I can't. I try and I try. Do you have a Bible? Because if you have a Bible and you spend time in that word, it is the what? The word of God. So, no, you might not be hearing an audible voice. You might not be getting words here and here. But you have the voice of God. You have the word of God right there. Start there. Start there. Don't complicate your alone time with the Lord. Sit, talk, 
Read the word, share your heart, listen, lean into the Father. Jesus often withdrew to lonely places to pray. And that is how he stayed intimate and connected with the Father. And that is how we will stay intimate and connected to the Father. Often, alone, and communicating. Those are the three keys that I believe Jesus showed us and demonstrated in his life of how to stay connected to God. And when we make this a part of our lives, our routine, not just once a week or a couple times a month, but part of our routine, we will find ourselves truly walking closer with Jesus. Even the starfish knew to withdraw to a lonely place and be refreshed and rest so they could get back out there to all those adorable kids, right? (laughs) So we, so we must find that place and that space to withdraw and rest with the Lord. Amen? Matthew 11, 28, and 30, Jesus said it like this. He said, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and lean, learn from me, for I am gentle and I am humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This image that Jesus gives us of being yoked, it's so powerful. Yet again, it is so simple. That yoke, that's just your relationship with Jesus. And like oxen are yoked together, you know, he's the greater one. He's the stronger one. He's the one that carries the weight of the load while we're just moving in rhythm and in pace with him. And we're, when he's turning, we're turning and following his lead. This is personal. This is, this is pleasant. This is productive. These are the things that we find when we do as the Lord says, come, come to me. Come to me and I will give you rest. And this rest automatically creates that connection for us to be replenished, which is our second point, right? Rest and replenish. Everybody say replenish. Replenish. Let's talk about that. So the very definition of replenish is to fill or restore to a former level or condition. Okay, fill or restore to a former level or condition. So the word of God, it says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He wants me to rest. And by the way, sometimes if we don't, if we don't yield to that, he will make you lie down in green pastures. I'll never forget a, a time in my life when I was young in ministry, and I think you were, you were just got done with the, the NFL stuff, and he was back, and we were just running. We were running hard, and it was good, and it was a lot of good things, but then one day, I slipped on ice and broke my ankle, and this was in South Carolina. You wouldn't think that. In fact, I walked up to it, and I said, hey, I think this is ice. <laughs> Gone. So two surgeries, pins, just all the works. And, and I was like, Lord, you said. Hey, I can tell you, I learned how to do laundry in that season. That's I did. true. Yes, that's I true. did. You were awesome then. Um, and now. Um, but I remember thinking like, Lord, you said, even if you trip, you know, you won't fall. But I fell. I fell hard. It hurts. Those are the moments you're like, God, just let the rapture take place right now. Anybody had a moment like that? <laughs> So, but what happened as a result of that, the Lord made me lie down 
And, but that's when God stirred up a new thing in my heart. He used that bad thing and he worked it for my good and he moved me from one area to another that had just set the course for what he had for me. And so I was like, thank you, thank you, Lord. You really do work things for good. But we don't want to get to the point where he has to like, you're down, lie down, green pastures. No, he's not going to do that. And I'm not saying that God made me fall and break my ankle, but he did use it for good. And we want to be actively resting. We want to be, we want to be just living in that routine and pattern to where we're sensitive when the Lord is speaking. We're giving him time to speak. So replenish now. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He restores, everybody say restores my soul. Yeah, it's not just a facelift. It's not just a quick pick-me-up to make it through another day. But this is true, real, spiritual restoration. This is what the world is looking for. This is what people are longing for. This is what we need. He restores my soul. It's a turning, and really it's a returning back to God. You know, the original design in the garden, we were not meant to be full of sin and sickness and struggles, were we? No. But see, God is restoring, and he is replenishing. He's in that business. And notice I didn't say replacing. I said restoring and replenishing. So think about, you know, restoration will not happen without getting in the shop, like if we, car talk, you know, all those cars being restored. They've got to be taken to the place where the tools, the right tools are, and the mechanic is there, and then they can get down to that restoration business. Restoration will not happen if we're not going to the source, the very initiator of our lives. He's the OC, if you will, the original creator. Some people will get that. Thank you. So we have to be aware, and everyone in here is very intelligent, is very smart. I'm not saying anything you haven't heard before, but what I am saying right now is that sometimes we can get caught in unhealthy patterns, and we need to be directed and pointed to again and again. You know, we can't say, Lord, replenish me, but we're sitting in front of the television all day, right? And we cry out, Lord, replenish me, but we're spending our time flipping through our phone apps. None of those things are the original source, and they never will be. And empty wells cannot fill empty wells. So broken down and incomplete things can never be what is going to restore and replenish and fill our lives. But we see millions of people searching in these places every day. See, you're made different. That's not who you are. So don't let the enemy pull you back into those empty wells because all it does is leave us dry. It doesn't fill us. It doesn't replenish us. And, and, and the human soul can only be replenished in one place. Does anybody know what it is? In his presence. He restores my soul. And he doesn't do it from afar. He comes close. We're not too busy to be replenished. You're not too busy to find a place and a space to rest. That is a lie that the enemy tries to feed us constantly. Anybody ever get that lie going in your head? I'm just, I'm too busy. I've got to do this. I need to do this. I want to do this. No, I, I, I get fought with that one. And I'm like, no, I'm not too busy. I'm just distracted. 
I, I hate to say it, but sometimes I'm more like Martha than Mary. My grandmother's name was Martha. Uh, but I, sometimes I'm more like Martha, and I am like, I'm seeing it, let's do it, I gotta do this and this and this, and then that's fine to do all those things, but then you never receive what you've got to have. And that's what Jesus said. He said, Martha, all of these things are important, but one thing is needed most, and it will not be taken from her. That was Jesus putting his foot down. I know all of these things are important, but this is most important. You'll never be penalized for spending time with the Lord. It'll never be to your detriment to get with God. Because this is a real, it's a loving, a nurturing, caring relationship, and it is most important. So as we rise like Mary, the truth is, is that we've got to learn to bow and stay, stay there. We've got to learn to sit at Jesus' feet. This is where we will be filled up. This is where we are replenished. There is no other source. There's nowhere else. And, and it requires humility. Everybody say humility. It requires humility to stop and come under a greater store, source, doesn't it? It's an act of humility to depend on and rely on another. I get it. I like to take care of me, but there are some things that I cannot do for me. Only God can. Only God can. So we're called, you know, the opposite of humility is pride, right? And the word tells us that God resists the pride, the proud, the pride proud. God resists the proud. He can't get with the proud. Pride actually pushes away intimacy. But James 4.10, it says, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. He will make you rise. He will raise you up. If we will lower ourselves with humility, it becomes the very thing that God can use to lift us up. So we're not too busy to simply stop and be with the Lord. You know, I can only imagine the heartache of feeling like if I'm wanting to spend time with my children and they just keep saying, no, 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 too busy, I'm too busy, I'm too busy. You can imagine the father's heart. This is not religion. This is a relationship. He loves you. He's called you. He's created you. And he's brought you here at this time to solidify and give you a real, real connection because without this, we become religious robots. I raise my hands now. I pray, I bow my head. I bless my meal. No, no, no. God is in this for relationship. And that's what you need. And that's what I need. So we can arrange moments for this to happen, and I'm landing here. Sometimes it's just going to happen. But most of the time, we have to make it happen. Do you know what I'm saying? Like we've got to... We, we schedule everything in our lives. Pull out your calendar. You've got to schedule for a lot of things. Where's the time with the Lord? Where's the rest? Where's the time to sit down and be replenished? You know, we, we can make room for moments with him. These are the most important things in our lives. Let's not neglect it. Rest and replenish. How many of you guys know that when you prioritize intimacy, you don't just rest and replenish, you can also then reach? 
can reach. I'm telling you right now, I know it as a man of God in the earth. What God has next for you in this season is God-sized. It's big. Somebody say, it's big. God is awakening dreams. He is stirring up new desires. God is inviting us into next levels of our destiny. Listen to me. You won't know what they are or how to do them without spending time with God. You say, Pastor, this is so simple. I know it is, but that's where Satan is so stealthy. He attacks the simple things constantly because the simple things are usually the very things that bring significant results. And so we have to be aware of saying, Lord, in this season, I prioritize being with you. Being with you. See, let me use a couple words for a minute. Some of us today, when you hear things like make time for God, be intentional, you're like, Pastor, that means I have to be more disciplined. That's exactly what it means. Because listen to me. Destiny is never void of discipline. You cannot do what God has called you to do without being disciplined. That's why they're called spiritual disciplines. Because you train yourself to do them on a consistent basis. Now here's what's beautiful. If you'll be consistent with those disciplines, they will eventually turn into delights. And what seemed hard and frustrating, all of a sudden, just becomes beautiful. That you say, ain't nobody gotta tell me to have time with God today. I can't wait to be with Him. I can't wait to get into His Word. I can't wait to get into the secret place and, and hear what God is saying. And some of you, listen, the very things that you're longing, they're not gonna happen because you work harder. They're not gonna happen because you spend more time there. There are some secrets that God will not reveal to you until you get into the secret place. Even, uh, even Jeremiah, God told Jeremiah in Jeremiah 33.3, he said, call unto me and I will show you great and mighty things do not know. Sounds a lot like what Jesus told Paul in Acts 26, 16. He said, I want to make you a minister and a witness of things that you know, but of things that you have yet to see. Hear me, man and woman of God. I want you to reach for next this year. And God has a next for you that is more than you could possibly imagine. He's got innovation. He's got ideas. He's got things he wants to birth in you and birth through you. But none of those things will happen if you don't prioritize just being with God first. Of being intimate with the Lord. If somebody believes that, somebody say amen. So here's what I want us to do today. I want everybody to stand. We did things a little different. Man, today you guys literally saw 
the difference between a preacher and a teacher. What is it? A preacher yells it and a teacher tells it. You saw it. You experienced it. But listen, the word of God has gone forth. Just like we receive it, we must respond to it.